welcome to episode 27 of Let's Have a Breakdown with me, Ali Munjak. And me, Harry Acton. Hello, Harry. Hello. <laughs> what? It's been ages. First of all, I apologise to all our listeners. It's been absolutely ages since we did one of these. Um, you may or may not have seen, listeners, that there was quite a bit of news the last few weeks that distracted both of us. <laughs> absolutely. Um, Goodness. Yeah. It was it was it yeah. was busy, wasn't it, Ali? It was busy for both of us. Um, so much so that we got pulled into other things. Well, we did, but you know, thankfully, it's uh, and it, you know, it's been quite a, a big thing over here in the UK um, with the coverage of um, His Royal Highness Prince Philip, who sadly died um, at the beginning of April. Now, so mm. yeah. Very, Very weird month it's been. It is, but well, yeah. But yes. moving on from that, that sad news. That's that's kind of partly the reason why we weren't here. There were other factors, um, but yeah, we do apologise. We're back. We're ready to go. Ali's had her vaccine, so we'll see where this podcast goes. Hey, Ali. <laughs> yes, we will see where this podcast goes. But you know, do you know what, Harry? I just have to say, I felt incredibly elated when I mm. had it. I can imagine. It's I can, strange, I'm extremely isn't jealous. It? I'm extremely jealous. Oh um, wow. Well, Your time I'm, will come soon. I hope so. I hope so. Anyway, anyway, moving on to this week's news. Um, th- there is a very strong story we need to start with, a very important story, um, which is the, um, the, the Derek Chauvin trial. Uh, of course, he was found guilty. Makes sense. Yes, it does make sense. I mean, you know, he did actually kneel on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds last May, didn't he? So... Um, yes, is it any wonder? But, you know, he the, the key question was at the heart of the three charges against the former Minneapolis police officer and was top of the mind for jurors in their deliberations. So to, to render a verdict um, was, you know, uh, a really specific language of the law in, in terms of George Floyd's death. And uh, it has been said now that they're actually looking into the way they train people in the police force out there as well. Yeah, no, they are, and it is—it's one of these events that that that, has, that will cause change, and it will cause a massive change to the way these things are handled and the way these things are done. And it's right to bring change. I mean, you know, Chauvin's been found guilty of all three charges, second degree unintentional murder, third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. He could be facing up to 40 years in prison for second degree murder and up to 25 years for third degree murder and then up to 10 years for second degree manslaughter. So as you said, Ali, this will cause the the police, Minneapolis police in particular, to look at the way they are training officers. There's an act they're trying to get through um, the Senate, uh, the George Floyd policing reform bill, along those lines. Um, th- they want to bring about change in the way that black people are treated by the police. I mean, it's not just black people, but that is the key, fa- you know, the, the key part of the bill. Um, so a lot is happening because of, of this trial. And it, it was televised worldwide. I mean, it it is... It will. It is a landmark moment in history to have witnessed. Yeah, and President Biden also said that as well, didn't he? Because you know he's very pro um, trying to sort it out. You know, to to make a much more equal society in America, and also you know it it was a good day for Black Lives Matter, 
you know, because, you know, still they are experiencing black people in America, you know, a, a lot of worry and fear over how they will be treated by the police force. I mean, there's been many, many cases. Um, obviously, we don't have time on this podcast today, but, you know, Brianna Taylor is one that springs to mind. Um, just recently, there was another case, wasn't there, Dante Wright, um, yes. who actually was, you know, came into... Um, the firing line under a police officer, shall we say, um, not obviously able to speak any more about that case right now. But hmm. um, yeah, the, 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 you know, black people do live in fear in America still. And it's not just America, it is other parts of the world as well. And it, it, these, these, these awful events will bring change and that's what we need to look for is, well, I mean, you, you, yeah, it, it's a horrible thing to have happened. It, it, it was awful watching the the court, the trial. It was distressing, but this will bring about change, and that is the thing to 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 look for now as we move on from these events. That it is it is it is a hard time. Um, yeah, what well, what's an interesting week it's been, Ali. <laughs> Yeah, um, it has mm. been an interesting week. And um, instead of moving across the pond the other way as we normally would, I mean, my thoughts are definitely, as I know yours are, Harry, in India at the moment with the records of 349,691 new infections in another daily global record uh, over in India. I mean, it, it is just really um, a, mm. a very dire situation for them out there, you know, as far as the official figures are and cases are rising. Yeah. And you mentioned here that the 349,000 figure, that is today, Sunday, listeners, when we record this podcast, that is today alone. That's a 24-hour period, which, you know, when we were in the UK and we were seeing 60,000 new cases in a day, that we were shocked, to say the least. We were shocked. That this is this is worrying, and we've already seen that hospitals in certain areas of the country, particularly in Delhi, are overwhelmed. There's oxygen crisis uh, in progress over there. The government there is being criticised for the way it's handled this this wave. Uh, you know, it's been it's been said to um, it had time to prepare, but you know, whatever's happened happened. We're in this situation now. We are seeing body after body being burned in outside crematoriums over there. It is it is. It is so sad to see, and there are people who can't be seen in hospital. They're not. They're, they're making it to the hospital, but they can't be seen. It, it is. It is genuinely very sad. The, the sights we're seeing. Um, I don't know, Ali. I, I don't know what else to add. It. It is. It is a really worrying yes. situation. Well, I was actually watching the Andrew Marr show this morning, and he actually asked Liz Trust. Uh, Liz Truss, rather, of the government, if there's anything more that, you know, the UK government can do to help. So, I mean, I think that they are trying to work to to find other ways of, of trying to relieve the situation. I mean, they've obviously got an ongoing oxygen crisis, as you said. So, um, it, it is a, it's a very worrying time. But, you know, hopefully that, you know, people, global leaders can pitch together to help out, really, because, you know, it all affects us, doesn't it, across the globe? It does, it does. And India's been placed on the red travel ban list for the UK. A hotel quarantine is mandatory. That happened um, this week as well. This is a new strain, we think, which is highly infectious, but we don't fully understand 
it's not fully understood yet. We, we think it dodges vaccines and India put a lot of eggs in the vaccine basket to help it get through. The Prime Minister has been accused of allowing festivals to go ahead, of not encouraging the social distancing measures, the not putting place into lockdown quick enough because of the vaccine. And it, it does show, Ali, the fragile ecosystem we're in of the vaccine being this golden bullet. And if we don't Mm. keep the coronavirus spread down now, new variants will emerge that may reduce the efficacy of the vaccine. And this is what we're seeing in India at the moment. And it is sad. And as you said, world leaders are going to have to come together on this. India was giving away resources to other countries in more need during the the start of this pandemic. So Mm. it would make sense. And I think we all have a duty, especially being India in the Commonwealth here. I mean, Britain really has a duty here to, to help out. And I'm sure we will, you would hope. But it is yes, sad. Yes, I'm sure we will. I mean, funnily mm. enough, they actually um, make the AstraZeneca um, vaccine as well in India, don't they? They do. They do. And we're not 100% sure how the Indian variant affects the efficacy of that vaccine. No. Uh, so it is, it is yes. a worrying situation. It really is. Not it much is a more. worrying situation. <laughs> yeah. No, not much more we can say, especially when, you know, things have got a lot lighter in the UK. So, you know, it would do um, everybody just, you know, as you said, no harm to be reminded that they actually were instrumental in helping out other countries in the beginning of this pandemic. So, um, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, you know, talking on, let's let's sort of move on now to, to vaccines and you know, what companies are doing, vaccine companies are doing to um, possibly, potentially, well, they are going to be uh, producing a third booster dose, aren't they? So... Yes. Yeah. Pfizer. Um, it, it's interesting, Ali, this this third booster dose, because we, we were talking about this a few podcasts ago. I remember us having a Whether it made it to air or not, I can't remember because we do edit our podcasts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this, this third booster dose, it, it's an interesting idea. Because of these variants, there is a possibility that like the flu, we may need a coronavirus vaccine every year. It's interesting, though, that the government is trying to finalise a deal to get more Pfizer doses for a third booster dose, because from what we understand, Pfizer aren't directly working on a follow-up. Well, they are, but it's it's nothing really be official about it. But what people seem to think the government is doing with this, this, this deal to get more vaccines is so that it can offer the Pfizer jab to younger people like me, who technically can't have the AstraZeneca jab anymore, because the risk factor is there even though it's still a minute risk, I think. That's that's the way I understand it, Ali. It's all fun and games. (laughs) Yes, I I mean, I have to say, Harry, I'm still not entirely sure why it's, it's, um, you know, I, I mean, this is just sort of speculation. I'm still not entirely sure why it's not safe to give it to younger people, but it's safer to give it to older people don't really quite understand I can, that. I can but... try and explain it because someone else asked right. me this because people are like, Harry, you're a journalist. You know how to explain this. I went, oh, okay. Um, so you have to look at it as in the vaccine causes blood clots in a very, very small amount of people. Coronavirus yes. causes deaths in a small amount of people. So the risks weighed out from getting COVID are more dangerous than the vaccine the older you are. So if you're above the age of 30, 30 and above, you are Mm. more at risk of dying from COVID-19 than you are of getting a blood clot from the AstraZeneca vaccine. So it is in your interest to get a vaccine 
rather than catch COVID and potentially die. That's the easiest way of explaining it, I feel. But if that's absolutely rubbish, I do apologise. <laughs> but that's how I look yeah, at it. Yeah, no, I, d- I do get that. But I still can't understand if they've got, say, another batch of AstraZeneca, why you can't have AstraZeneca. I mean, I've had it, Moderna, so... Mm. It's it's all to do with the balance of risk, is what the government has said. And I, I would personally take uh. any vaccine. But if I was to get a blood clot, very, very, very unlikely for that to happen to me. We're talking one in a million chance here. Yeah. Um, it would then put me at risk when actually catching COVID. It would have been in a one in a two or three million chance for me catching COVID and dying. So that's what they're looking at here. The government doesn't want to give me something that could actually make me more sick than the catching covid if that makes sense <laughs> it's it's yes. one of those really small things which is why we might have to have more pfizer and moderna pfizer again causes blood clots as well so that's another thing to keep an eye on um but again these are all such minute numbers it's nothing really to worry about no no so anyway we we have said that you know the nhs will start inviting those in their 30s for vaccines by we said by the end of this week which is you know exciting times harry so it is i'm still miles um, away you know, i'm still miles away no well, still... well you say that you say that i said that <laughs> and then suddenly here i am with um, your moderna it, you dodged a bullet well no you didn't well, dodge a bullet but you got the absolutely. premium one the 25 pound a pop one <laughs> I did get the premium one, so the American one, which is very strange since I seem mm. to be doing a lot over across the pond at the moment. So, um, yes, I did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I really think it's a, a really good thing to, to get any vaccine, as you know. So, but, well, you know, it will any. soon come around. Mm, it yes. will soon come around. Almost any vaccine. Um, anyway, that's a, that's a story for another day. Moving on to, oh, funnily enough, China. Um, there's, there's, um, there's a lot going on at the moment about climate change, Ali. There's been a lot. It was World Earth Day this week, if I remember correctly. It was on Thursday or Friday, one of the two. Um, it was on Thursday, is, yes. It was on Thursday. Mm. And it highlights the impact we have on the planet, which is not great pretty poor shocking really if we're just getting being honest um you've got the um cop26 meeting you've got g7 meetings this year there's lots of plans to how we can reduce our impact on the environment Mm. and prevent global warming um but there's a bit of controversy in china uh, well yes absolutely there is but i was about to say sorry cop26 is in glasgow isn't it this year November. Okay, it is, isn't it? I forgot about that. Mm. Yeah. G7 and the COP26. Blimey. Um, so, yeah, basically, President Xi Jinping has told the Climate Leaders Summit on Thursday that China is going to start phasing down its coal consumption as a part of its efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Great news. And by um, the end of what day is it? Uh, by, by 2030, its emissions will peak, and then by 2060, it'll be net zero. Now, according to scientists, that is far too late, which is my only concern. But it is good to see that the world's biggest polluter is trying to stop being the world's biggest polluter. But it does worry yes. some people. Mm. Well, no, I know. In fact, the Chinese coal consumption is poised to hit a record this year, isn't it? The International International Agency said earlier this month. Um, so, I mean, it is that they use a lot of coal out there and uh, it really needs to be stopped. So, but at least, as you said, they're doing this, you know, as overall as the world economy 
claws back from COVID-19 and due to the expected a 4% surge in Chinese coal demand, global carbon emissions will rebound in 2021. And IEA said the future of both Chinese and global coal demand depends on the Chinese electricity system. So, so yeah, mm. Mm. Interesting. So it's going to be a different, it's going to be a cleaner, greener energy, isn't it, really, at the end of the day? They're going to have to. To hit net zero is is hard. You need to hit basically no CO2 emissions whatsoever, realistically, to make your life easier. Um, but it is good to see that they're doing it. But there are concerns in the scientific community that it will be too little too late. But as they say, everything... You, you start off with one step, don't you? One step forward. Um, a small step is better than no step. There's a phrase I'm looking for here that's not coming out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> along those lines, break down a lot. Well, I think what you're trying to say, Harry, is baby steps. Baby that's steps. the one. Yeah, there we go. Oh, God. Right, moving on. Mm. Moving on before I completely give up. Yeah. Um, Onto some royal news now. Not it. It is. It is slightly happy royal news, slightly sad royal news. Um, but it is royal news nonetheless. Um, it's about Prince Charles, and it is. It is a nice news that he's going to step up to the vital new role in the wake of Prince Philip's death, which makes sense. He's stepping up to yes. help support the Queen and support the royal family. Which I think, you know, is brilliant. Um, and, you know, he's going to be known as probably a little bit like a quasi-king, you know, where there has been reports in the press this week that, uh, you know, there, there was, you know, fear that actually Her Majesty the Queen would actually sort of abdicate um, and let Charles take the throne. But that apparently is not the situation at all. So he will be stepping in to, um, you know, eventually, obviously, his role will be king. Um, but this is sort of, you know, a, a sort of transition period, if you like. Uh, while he'll be supporting his his lovely mum. So, hmm. Yes, and it is all down to the son, this source. The son is reporting this. Um, yeah, it will be good, him stepping up to support the Queen. Of course, she's she's 95, as you said, Ali. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of royal news. Perhaps not unexpected, but nice to see family coming together. Well, yes, family coming together. I mean, you know, I mean, if we were to speculate about that, I mean, Prince Harry flew home, didn't he, for the, the funeral and has gone back to uh, Meghan Markle in America as um, she is pregnant with her second child, as we know. So um, it does look like, you know, the family are stepping up to support the Queen, which is is more than... Uh, needed at the moment, as you can understand, after having lost her husband yeah. of 73 years. So mm. that's very significant, Harry, isn't it, really? It is, it is. And on that significant note, Ali, perhaps it's time to to round off this week's fast breakdown. We've only done 20 minutes. Blimey, I'm impressed at us. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean to say we haven't been waffling on, Harry? <laughs> no waffling. You've had your vaccine. I, I'm still recovering from the, the whole Duke situation. Um, yeah, well, back to normal programming shortly, listeners. But yeah, we are we are back. We, we say this quite a lot, don't we, Ali? Back to normal programming. We are back. Uh, thank you for putting up with us for our three-week hiatus. We're back. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what we else to say. We are back. 
No, well, that, that's cool. I mean, we're, we'll be back next week and um, you will eventually see our lovely faces again on video. So, yes. Yes, one to look forward to. And as always, if you've got any queries, questions, stop. God, I'm going all PR here. If you've got any, <laughs> if you've got any queries, <laughs> questions or stories, please do get in touch with us on breakdown at forthenow.co.uk or on our social media accounts, which the lovely Ali Monjack is queen of. So that's breakdown with us at forthenow.co.uk. That's our email address. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you didn't say I had a vaccine, you know. You have Come had your on, vaccine, Ali. God. Let, let me off here. At Breakdown With Us is our social Yay! media. Got Yay! there, we got there. And there on, that note, on that note, before we both have completely enough to break down, I will say adios. I will speak to you soon, Ali, I'm sure. Feel better. Yeah. And all our listeners, stay Thank safe. You. And we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.